Hi, please will you do another episode of your podcast? I'm having withdrawal symptoms and I'd love it. Thank you so much. I think you're brilliant. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. This is Renee and we are the True Crime Broads. And thank you so much for tuning in. Well, first of all, you might have heard that recording at the beginning just now that was played. We were, I didn't, Renee, I didn't even know that feature existed. Some I didn't really, either. Some really nice person left us a really sweet note on Anchor. So there it is. We just thought yep. we would share it with you guys and let you know how much we appreciate you. And um, thank you for leaving us a message. Yeah, it really means a lot to us. Okay. And, um, oh, did you want to say her first name, Renee? Yeah, Ursula. Ursula, that's right. Ursula, you are so sweet. Thank you. I was so excited to see that. And then when we clicked on it, we just couldn't believe how nice your message was. So thanks again. And um, we're here tonight to obviously discuss the Missy Beavers case, which is what we've done on every episode. Even the episode that wasn't about her case, we still talked about her. And tonight, um, Renee and I were going to start off with something a little bit different. The case has been slow. Um, we really don't have any news to report, um, but we are going to do some more things about the case. So there's some things we haven't covered before that we want to cover. But first, we were going to share, um, Renee and I have each had stories happen to us recently that are unusual, and they both pertain to true crime. Um, Renee's is very recent, but, and I'll tell mine first. Mine's from quite a while back. Um, Okay, so basically, Renee, do you want to tell what we're going to talk about? <laughs> or do you yes, want to we are going to talk about foot fetishes. I mean, it's something that um, I'm sure you don't hear a lot of talk about it. I'm sure most people have heard of it. And we uh, were talking one day and both of us just seemed to have a story about it. So we just thought it would be interesting to talk about since it does pertain to true crime. And it is quite interesting. So, yeah. yeah your story yeah. okay so I actually had my foot molested on two separate occasions which has got to be a record um these are foot fetish stories that I was not a willing participant in um so the first time it happened to me I was on a job interview I thought it was a job interview um I the agency I was working for would send me on assignments in while I was home I traveled working car shows. This is a, quite a while back. I don't know why I said it was recent. It's really not. Um, it's quite a while back. And um, I did auto shows. So I would travel, you know, the New York auto show, the Boston auto show, Detroit auto show. I did them locally, but there would be breaks in between the shows. And of course they wouldn't pay us or cause there's nothing for us to do in between. So we would come home and just wait until our next flight out to work the next car show. Well, in between car shows, I would work trade shows and things like that just to have something to do because sometimes I would have 10 to 14 days at home and that's really too long for me just to sit around and not make money and not do anything. So I really wanted to stay active. So anyway, um, a local agency would send me to be a trade show worker and it was a really fun time in my life and I learned so much and about all these different types of companies. You know, I would represent software companies and just anything you can imagine. Well, I go to this interview and I didn't think anything of it. It was in Las Colinas. Those of you that are local know that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of office buildings over there. You know, there's no red flags of any kind. And plus the agency that sends me 
they vet everything. They've never had any trouble. They've been around for decades. I think that place opened in the sixties and they've just never, there's never been any trouble. So I went in there with a huge amount of confidence and it never crossed my mind that I might be in danger. Well, I go in there and I check in and there's a woman at a receptionist desk and she says, hi, may I help you and all that stuff. And I said, oh yes, I'm here to see so-and-so. She's like, oh great, he's in there. So she goes and gets him. And I kind of could tell it's one of those places where you, um, where the people are renting, like it wasn't his receptionist yeah, necessarily. I, it was like she, it's like you rent space at this office and then the receptionist yeah. just kind of comes with it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I've, I've been to some places like that. Yeah, and I don't know how I caught on to that, but it just seemed like it because she didn't really seem to know who he was. I guess that's what it was. So anyway, I go into the office and he has like boxes sitting around and stuff. And he said, oh, pardon the mess. I'm just moving in. I said, oh, that's no problem, you know. So he starts talking to me and it was supposed to be for a health and beauty expo. And, you know, I was really excited. That sounded like a lot of fun. And I was sitting there in my interview suit. It's like a black pencil skirt and black jacket and some kind of shirt under it, whatever. And so I'm sitting there and he goes, well, here's what it is. He goes, I am the, I invented a new kind of pedicure machine and he explained how it works. And he said, you know, I don't have the prototype here, but I'll definitely have several of them at the show. And he said, I want you girls, instead of talking to the public, trying to get people in the booth, trying to sell my product, he said, I would really like for you guys to be giving each other pedicures on the platform. And so people come up and they can actually see the pedicure thing. And I thought, well, that's fine. You know, cause sometimes the stuff we would do was more like acting, you know, than selling, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, sometimes that... they would want us to do stuff like that. All right. So yeah, I said, okay. That didn't send up any red flags, nothing. I'm fine. Right. Right. So then he goes, well, let me just show you what I want you to do. It's, it's easier to show you than to tell you. And I said, okay. He goes, just, just put your foot in my lap. So I was like, okay. And I put my foot in his lap. I kicked my shoe off and put my foot in his lap. Of course I'm sitting kind of stiff because I'm wearing a skirt trying to yeah. Trying to be modest. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, so he starts rubbing my foot and he goes, I just want you guys to just do this. And he starts rubbing my foot and he's kind of like getting into it. He looked a little too happy about it. Yeah. And I was just, so right then was the first, I felt like something was off and I looked around the my room. Gosh. Yeah. And I just sort of did a calculation of everything. And I thought, I don't even know if this guy has anything to do with pedicure places, right? I'm doing right. pedicure machines. So I, I gently pulled my foot back down and said, that's really great. And I said, thank you so much for your time. And I just tried to get out of there. I literally ran at top speed. I went down the elevator, ran, I jumped in my car, locked the doors and I called the lady who sent me on it, the agent. And I was starting to launch into my story. She goes, no, 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 don't say anything. She goes, I just talked to the girls that went before you. She goes, I'm so sorry. She goes, I couldn't get a hold of you. It was too late. We did the research. There is no health and beauty expo even coming up. And we don't, he's oh not even a real company. He, he was just a guy with a foot fetish that was thinking I can like touch chicks feet all day. And he just had us lined up appointments all day long. I mean, it's pretty, that is actually. the most bizarre thing. <laughs> I, every time you tell me that story, it just blows me away. I'm just like, what? I mean, he gets points for, you know, innovation there, but I mean, seriously, it was the weirdest thing. It's probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me until <laughs> about 18 months later, I'm on a date with my that's husband. Bizarre. We weren't even engaged yet. Mike and I were just like on a date. 
And the, if you're local to Dallas, there's a theater, a movie theater called the Grand Theater. And this is kind of when it was new and it had stadium seating, which, you know, that's, the theaters are super nice now, but this is when um, stadium seating was kind of a new concept. That makes me sound like I'm a thousand years old. I don't mean it that way, but it was a big deal that this theater was built this certain way. And it wasn't just that the seats graduate up like they do in older theaters, but they were like, you know, the, the severe stairs where you definitely will not have anyone's head in front of you, no matter how tall they are. Right. Um, so anyway, we go to the grand theater and we're all excited and we're seeing a movie, um, had George Clooney in it. Um, it was, a, it was, we were just pumped. Right. So I sat down and Mike loves movies. So he was all excited. So he gets up, we get our seats and decide we're going to sit. I sat on the aisle. I always sit on the aisle because if I drink anything, I'll have to get up and go to the bathroom several times. So I always know to get on the aisle so I don't have to walk past a lot of people. So I'm sitting there with my right leg crossed. I remember this into the aisle, you know, I'm on my left-hand side. That's the end of the aisle. And mm -hmm. Mike pops up to go get popcorn or something and go to the bathroom. So I'm just sitting there and I feel something on my foot, but I'm like, that's a weird sensation. It felt kind of wet, but I didn't know what it was. So I just jerked my foot and assumed that it was just something weird. It was really dark in there. The previews were already on. So anyway, I just moved my foot and I thought that was weird, but I never did figure out what it was. So I just thought that was one and done. Right. So Mike comes back and sits next to me and I stuck my foot back over there because I crossed my leg and I felt it again, only this time it was unmistakable. The dude sitting in front of me was sucking on my feet. He was sucking my toes, like big time. That is another bizarre, I mean, just like, wow. <laughs> like, I don't even have words. I know, I, I jumped, I leapt on top of Mike. Like I jumped, I mean, I'm surprised I didn't kill him. I mean, I just jumped up and flew over into his seat. He was like, what's going on? And I said, that guy, he did. And so I was trying to tell him, and mind you, it's, you know, the, the theater, the previews are loud. The guy gets up and runs out of the theater and he never comes back. And I was just stunned. Mike was stunned. And we just were in stunned silence and we tried to watch the movie, but I thought about, we thought about telling the police, but we were just stunned. I mean, yeah. And he never came back. I kept waiting. I was like, if he comes back, I'm, we're going to tell the police, but nothing he never came back and I remember seeing his face and his feet and that's how severe the stadium seating was is that his head was at my foot level so when he turned to the left he could go to town sucking my foot and you know so that's that those are my two really weird foot fetish stories so there are people out there with foot fetishes and there's apparently people out there who will just take your feet you know they won't even ask your permission they will bless oh your feet. And that happened to me twice in my life. And that's just bizarre. So it is bizarre. It's like, you know, you've, you've always, I mean, I'm sure most people have heard of it, but I don't think, I, I say, I don't think that people know that it's that's such a big thing, you know, for some weird people. Right. And maybe not, maybe not everybody's weird that has a foot fetish, but there are a lot of people that have foot fetishes that are weird. Obviously, Crystal just told us two stories about two strange people that decided to do whatever they wanted. And, and those stories happened. Those occurrences were like 18 months apart from each other. 
That is so crazy. Yeah, like, that was shortly even... before Mike and I got engaged. So anyway, so, but we have another foot fetish story and it's really recent. And Renee, this is a really good one. This happened to Renee. So go ahead. So um, I know that I've, we've talked about what we do before uh, me and you on, on one of our podcast, on one of our podcasts that we did. But um, as, as a lot of people know, you know, I have a, a sheets business and I'm on social media a lot. So I get a lot of messages. I mean, a lot of messages. And so when I'm going through them, I go through them really fast. I just click on them, see what they say. And I respond because there's so many. And so one day I get a message and I read it and I literally had to read it twice. I was like, wait, what? What did that say? <laughs> so the so first, <laughs> I know it's so, I remember I sent this to you. I was like, what is this? So the first message that I get was in June of 2019. And I get a message from a man and he says, would you let a guy smell your feet after a long day in shoes if he had asked or, wait, if he had asked and offered or <laughs> paid to? So I just assumed it was a joke. So I responded back and said, and this is funny and everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I just thought it was a joke, you know? Everybody always says I'm too serious. So I said, what's the rate for something like that? I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and he never replied. Okay. And this was like the next day when I replied. So, you know, I just let it go, whatever. I guess it was a joke and he didn't reply. So I, I mean, I never even went back and looked at it. I actually forgot about it. So in March of this year, I got another message from him and this one was way more detailed. He said, hang on. I can't, are you there? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for you to read it. This one's I really good. I, I thought I lost you. No, no, I'm so here. It says being playful and kinky. May I ask which activity would interest you more? Tying a guy up and forcing him to smell your feet after a long day in the shoes of your choice or tying a guy to a chair and, sm and smothering, suffocating him until he. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. It's okay. I mean, it's so hard to read. Or tying a guy to a chair and smothering, suffocating him until he is starting to struggle for air and about to panic. Or, there's more, would you do both since he was tied and couldn't stop you? That is so weird. But and see, that's what I was during that second one, the smothering one, I thought that they wanted you to smother them with their feet. I was remembering that wrong. Oh, so, yeah, that's, no. so that's a separate issue then. He wants to be He's smothered. the one that's wanting to come close to death over smelling feet, I guess. But so, it, you know, I, I read this and I thought, okay, so this isn't a joke uh, because <laughs> now he's gotten deeper into the details of what it is he wants to do. And I looked up this person and I, of course, I won't share it. And I, we're, we're going to post it on our page with this, with the podcast. Um, and I've blocked out his, you know, profile looking thing or whatever, but I looked him up and he's probably around anywhere between 60 and 70 years old. And I didn't respond. And so he sends me a question mark three times and then he sends me a thumbs up. So, and I don't know this person Weird. Nor, from what I can tell. I've never done business with him. He is in a city where I've done business before. So I'm not 100% sure that I didn't do business with him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I, I did and he messaged me. I don't know. 
Wow. But, and it was the first time he messaged me, it was during, it was not long after we, because I researched it, look, it was uh, not long after we had been in the city where he lives. Ooh. But anyway, so it's really spooky. And then I started thinking, oh my gosh, like, is this like, you know, something, I don't know. I just didn't realize that it was such a... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I well, you know who? You know what I was thinking is who would like to smother him would be his wife. Didn't he have yeah. a woman? Oh, that's, yeah, a that's wife? another. Yeah, that's another thing I forgot to say that you can clearly tell this man is married because his, his Facebook has a picture of him and his wife, and so I just kind of looked at his Facebook and it's weird because it's totally open, and I mean it, you can tell it's real because it's full of. <coughs> excuse me, it's full of pictures of like probably grandkids and his kids and you know. Um, him talking to friends from work and all kinds of stuff. And I just thought it was super bizarre. I thought, man, this guy is just, just not very smart, you know, to yeah, be doing she, that. Because if, if she found out about that, she'd be like, oh, I'll strangle you. All right, buddy. I can't believe he's, <laughs> he's contacting gonna... women and saying that weird stuff to just random people. And I know because people. I'm obviously random because we've never messaged each other before. Like I said, unless he's bought from us when we were traveling, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, after that, I thought, okay, so I'm not going to reply to this guy because he's obviously serious. I thought it was just like a joke, but it's definitely not a joke. Apparently he really, because I mean, he even like, you uh, didn't respond. And what's weird is last time I responded, he didn't, but maybe somebody took him up on another one and he got his feel of smelling feet, I guess. I don't know. That's so crazy. I would, I would love to know if that ever works for him. I mean, does he ever get someone that goes, yeah, okay. Well, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, and I know that people that most of the people, obviously, that are going to be listening to our podcast are going to be true crime buffs. So more than likely, they're going to understand, you know, than uh, people who don't listen to it. So, but anyway, I've always been a true crime buff fan, whatever you want to call it. And I've always wanted to entertain asking, you know, and I, I know it's not something that you could do easily, but I've always wanted to ask people that do things like this, like, why do you do what you do? I want to know. I know it probably not going to make sense. You know what I'm saying? You want to know like, why did you do this? Why didn't you make a better choice or whatever? And that would be something I would want to ask him like, what is it about smelling feet after a long day that makes you happy? Like, I can't even imagine how that would be something that would excite somebody. Well, so and that, that's a very interesting thing you bring up about him wanting smelly feet, because I remember thinking I had gotten my feet freshly pedicured for my date with Mike. And so I thought that was what made my foot attractive to this weirdo sitting in front of me. But apparently your guy wants the opposite. <laughs> and that's, that's the most bizarre part, of, part about it. I've never, when I thought of, when I think of foot fetish and, and before this happened and, you know, in my past, just hearing foot fetish, my thinking was it was a person who liked pretty feet. You know, they were well manicured, your toenails were painted, you know, you just had pretty feet. But apparently that's not the case. That doesn't really necessarily have to be pretty. They just like feet. Cause I, cause you know, after us talking about this, I did a little bit of research. You know me, I love to do my research. Right. <laughs> and um, so I come up with, I, I looked it up first of all, and there's a couple of words that I didn't know existed. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but there's a w word that it makes sense, but foot fetishism. Yeah. That's, I've never heard that. And then another word is foot. Okay, it wouldn't be, this wouldn't be correct saying it with foot, but another word is fetishized. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? So basically, they're just sort of conjugating the word fetish. Yes. 
Yeah, the word, we're, just, in, we're in verb. You're fetishized. Yeah, it's just weird that they even took that word and did up, you know, with that with it. But so in, in, in my research, I found a couple of different people who uh, were serial killers and had foot fetishes. Oh, creepy. Yeah, I know. One of them was named Jerry Brudos. He was a serial murderer and a necrophiliac. He was he was called the lust killer and also the shoe fetish slayer. Huh. He became fascinated with high heels at the age of five. And they consider people with shoe fetishes the same as foot fetishes because it kind of goes together, obviously. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, he, he murdered four women in Oregon. He killed a woman, and you're going to think this last name is interesting. He killed a woman by the name of Linda Slauson. I had a hard time saying that. Um, so my last name with an S. Exactly. Yeah. Um, January 26th of 1968, he murdered her. And after he did that, he cut off her foot to use as a display for the high heels that he stole from other women he murdered. Gross. Yeah. Very weird. Then there's another one by the name of Dayton Leroy Rogers. He murdered six women and he removed all of his victims' feet. Ew. Um, this one is going to be one you're familiar with, I know. His name is Ted Bundy. Oh, yeah. His dream was to purchase unlimited pairs of socks and underwear. He used stolen credit cards to buy three to four dozen pairs of socks at a time. He felt deprived of underwear, uh, he felt deprived of underwear as a child, and he feels incredibly close to his feet, which that's weird. Um, he said, my feet are probably the most attractive feet you will ever see. I thought that was interesting. That Ted he Bundy said that? that? Yes. What a weirdo. Yeah, he did. And um, there are, when I was looking this stuff up, you know, because I, I don't know, I just like to look things up. It's just the way I am. And in looking it up, you know, you just Google foot fetish. Well, the first thing that comes up is a, is a website called footfetishmatch.com. So apparently there's a website where women can go looking for men who have foot fetishes and they can pay them to do whatever I guess let them smell her feet or whatever they when do. When that guy first messaged that just reminds me when that guy first messaged you uh -huh. we um I watched a YouTube video remember this about this has been several months ago but it was a woman who a young woman who said that she decided to just try that and so she got a webcam and she would for payment I guess probably through a website like what you're talking about. And she made like a ton of money that week because, you know, people with foot fetishes were paying to see her feet and they would have like special requests. Like they wanted to see her feet in certain positions. This is just feet. Okay. No other body parts. Right. They want to see her feet pointed. Some guy wanted to see her feet with red toenail polish. And these guys were satisfied just with feet pictures, or I think in some cases she did video and she would charge accordingly. Like if it was a video with several different poses that cost you more. <laughs> and then wow. You made a lot of, remember I was telling you that and we were laughing. We're like, well, maybe we need to go out and get a pedicure right now. Yeah. Wrong business. I totally remember <laughs> that. I know. Yeah, I know. That's that's so funny that you bring that up again because I'd kind of forgotten about that conversation until you said that. I, I just didn't realize there were so many websites. Where, I mean, first of all, like we said before, I didn't realize that a foot fetish was something of that nature. I didn't know that it involved anything with smelly feet. 
I just assumed. No, I assumed it was just too. Yeah, like, yeah. I just nice, yeah, I was, pretty clean. Food, yeah, because that's just what you think that someone wants to see. I mean, in my wildest dreams, I never thought that having smelly feet. I mean, this guy kept saying after a long day in your shoes, that was his thing. And I don't, right. I don't know. I don't get all that. But then I just was blown away by all these these sites and of course I didn't click on them because I figured it would start sending me you know how it does when you click on anything it starts sending you stuff I mean because they've been sending my husband um I can't tell you how many times they have sent him you know we we hear that you want to start school um and we want to get you you know going in in, in college and all this and he's like I do not want to go to college <laughs> it's because he clicked on something on accident so I thought right. I'm not going to click on those because they're going to be sending me foot fetish crap forever oh my gosh that's so I made sure I didn't but um but it was just and, and there's that a couple hilarious of, oh I know there's a couple of different words they use for it too foot fetish foot fetishism foot partialism and foot worshiping yeah, that makes sense. I think I've heard those terms. What's really funny, though, is that um, there's probably people, a lot of people listening to our podcast that they're thinking that we're really naive because apparently foot fetishism is fairly not super unpopular. I mean, I'm not going to say it's popular, but it's definitely not unpopular. There seems, oh, yeah. to be, there seems to be a huge market for it, especially watching that YouTube video of that girl who experimented, you know, by selling pictures and video of her feet she made a ton of money off of that so it, there's definitely a market out there it's just something that I never think of I mean me, until, me until my feet got attacked by strangers of course but yeah. up until then I had never thought about foot fetishism so there me it is. either that it's just like a whole new world for me it's like it's like somebody just said you know told me something and I'm like where have I been all these years I had no idea that this was a thing and I definitely didn't know that it involved the different aspects of it I just yeah well, and here, here's something else that I thought of like almost years later is um, that same agency that sent me on those trade show jobs. Uh -huh. They also sent me on shoe modeling jobs because I just by coincidence happened to have the size shoe that companies use for um, their ads, but also uh -huh. for um, like sizing, you know, size six. Some companies were six and a half, some were six. My arches fell when I got pregnant with my first child and then I was a seven from then on out. But at the time I wore that size. So they're like, Hey, could you do this too? So it's really creepy to think that that guy had probably seen on my resume that I did some shoe stuff and maybe that made him want probably. to call me in. But he also called in other girls that didn't. So, but anyway, that was super creepy. I'm glad we got to get our, our foot fetish stories off of our chest because we've both been inappropriately approached for our feet. And, I know it's um, just so without so bizarre. <laughs> I know. I guess I guess the guy that messaged me, I guess his wife wants nothing to do with that, or maybe you know, maybe he doesn't even ask her because, as we see, a lot of these these creepy people have wives and families that know nothing of their significant other um, weird habits and things that they do. So who knows? Exactly. And what was that man's wife? What would she think if you like sent her screenshots and messengers? She would just be like, what? I know. So, I know. Imagine so, how shocking that would be. If my husband was inboxing women for weird stuff like that, I would just wouldn't even know what to do with that. I know. It would, um, it would definitely be a game changer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's for sure. Um, okay. So we were going to talk about obviously our, um, our case, which is the Missy Beavers case. And, you know, Renee and I were preparing for this episode and we realized that there's just really not been that much that's happened in the case since we've last 
reported actually in a long time we haven't heard any updates uh, from MPD which is Midlothian Police Department however um, we did realize there was something we hadn't really covered and that's um, it gets a lot of we don't know if law enforcement is entertaining this concept but we found that in our discussion groups in YouTube comments in Dallas Morning News article comments you know anywhere you can discuss this case we have noticed that occasionally some will, someone will bring up the idea that perhaps this perpetrator who killed Missy in the church early that Monday morning might not have been there to kill her. He might have been in there, he or she might have been in there for some other reason, like um, that they were upset with something to do with the church or they just wanted to be somewhere to do some cosplay and for those of you who don't know what cosplay is it's when people like to dress up as a character um and really take it seriously and they really get into it so apparently um some people think that the perpetrator might have wanted to dress up as a cop as a SWAT member and was just having a big old time in there and Missy came in and interrupted him and he just freaked out and killed her and um, that's one of them Renee am I missing anything it's sort of just that either they were mad no. at the church or they were just having fun vandalizing or they were looking for things to steal. Is or that about a robbery, it? a robbery gone wrong? Yeah. That one's been mentioned more times than I could count. Right. Yeah. So that's another one. Um, so, okay. So let's kind of walk through one of them and just kind of uh, entertain it, if you will. Okay. Let's just entertain the cosplay one where the person is just dressed up like something, you know, whatever. I guess obviously they're dressed up as a cop and they're there just to um, role play, I guess. Yeah. And so if, if, if a person is role playing, um, let's see. So wouldn't they be doing things like a cop does? I mean, obviously a cop does walk around um, to check you know, kind of like security sometimes when they don't have, you know, other pressing things to do. So they kind of would walk around and check things. And, um, but this person's not doing that. They're breaking things. So that's completely the opposite. Oh, you're right. That's a really good point. Like if you were in cosplay to be a SWAT person, you'd be like kicking doors and going freeze, you know, and holding up your yeah. gun or something. Um, that's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be walking around and like breaking windows and trying to break in doors because that's the opposite of what a SWAT or police or anything like that does. So that would be completely against, they're not really, you know, playing their part. Yeah, that's know. right. I don't know that's actually that. the first time I've really, really thought about that. You're so right. Because if you're pretending to be a cop and you're really into cosplay or is it cosplay? I don't even know how you say it. I don't know. I say cosplay. Who knows? Who knows? I think I went with cause because it was like costume cause. I don't know. So anyway, yeah. whatever you call that, um, I just, yeah, you're right. They would be doing the opposite. They wouldn't be there like trying to break stuff. Um, they would be in there protecting and serving, you know? So yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, they would be like, so, so that, I don't know if I could... I kind of have to push that one to the side immediately for me. I, don't, I mean, what about you? I, that one just doesn't fit. Yeah, well, and also, I also, you and I have talked about this many times, Renee, but it was pouring down rain, and it was the middle of the night. I just can't imagine anyone being that committed to cosplay that's going to throw on a uniform and want to do that at 
three, four o'clock in the morning. That's just weird, you know? Yeah. That, I that have really a hard time with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they could have picked it. I mean, it's not like they, it was a, you know, urgent. Okay. So if they're not there to kill, kill Missy and they're there just to hang out, they know nothing about her coming. They're just going to go do this. I mean, why would they go, oh, it's pouring down rain. It's been raining for hours. Let me put on this costume, go out in the rain, break into this church, walk around and do this role playing because I think it's really cool. And then, oh, somebody showed up. I mean, I mean, to me, none of it fits. I don't, I don't really understand how to make that fit because it, you know, to me, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that when it's pouring down rain, like you said. That just, that just doesn't yeah, fit. I would think if you wanted to do cosplay or however it's pronounced, that you would do it. And isn't that something you do with others? Because I remember on Conan O'Brien many, many, many years ago, and I still watch this video on YouTube sometimes because it makes me laugh so hard. But it was um, supposed to be, it was the opening of one of the Star Wars movies. And there's, these guys were outside dressed as the characters in Star Wars waiting to get in, I guess. I'm not really sure. And then, but they were acting out scenes from the movie and stuff. I mean, they were having a good time together. It was like a community thing. I, I, I'm just having a hard time. And maybe, maybe our listeners might know someone who's into this and can help explain. But I've never heard of anybody doing cosplay, cosplay by themselves and especially in the middle why would you drive out to a church um and park and go in and do that alone and break into a church to do that in the middle of the night why would, why would you do cause cosplay cosplay in a little bit safer environment and not have to do breaking and entering you know sorry sorry that i got you off of the wrong start i think you're right it was it's cosplay i've just heard it said cosplay before so i think that you're right because it says it's short for costume play so I think you're right on that so oh, okay who knows I don't, I don't know. think I've ever heard anyone say it out loud oddly yeah um, I have before but apparently they must have said it wrrong but anyway that's okay but I was just gonna say I don't really know like maybe someone does know someone that wants to do that by themselves but I would think driving to a very quiet place that you know no one's gonna be there to do cosplay cosplay that doesn't make a lot of sense to me well, it says here that co cosplayers do more than simply dress like their favorite characters, though. To express their creative side and show depth of their fandom, they also behave and speak like their characters, sometimes acting out their favorite scenes with their friends. That's that Star Wars thing I saw. Yeah, I, and, and this is, to me, this person's not doing that. They're not, no, not at acting. All. They're literally just walking around. To me, they're waiting. Oh, yeah. So, like you know, do to do, like, I gotta waste this time because she's not here yet, you know. Yeah, they look, I mean, they look very much like they're lying in wait. I mean, yeah, they're waiting for Missy to arrive, and I feel like they're just walking around burning off nervous energy, um, picking up some locks, messing with some stuff, but. And it, and it talks about superheroes and uh, characters from video games, comic books or movies I mean I guess it could be I guess a cop could be in one of those so that's the only part of it that would fit but the rest of it wouldn't because they didn't pull out a gun and a gun is going to be a, a, an integral part of being a police officer especially if you're playing out a part um I don't well, think they're going to pull out a we hammer. Have, we have a friend from the um, from our discussion group his name is Joel hi Joel and he thinks that the cosplay is from a video game so that's a possibility um Except you know, for don't they normally shoot guns? Oh, yeah, that's true. 
Uh, I don't know, but yeah, the, the, this video game features a um, a security guard. I mean, if that, I mean, but the security guard. Okay, so I'm trying to walk myself through this. So, the, okay, so this person is obsessed with video games, and they like, um, you know, they they want to be a police officer, so they want to play that part. Um, but then they have a hammer in their hand, and that just doesn't fit. Oh no, I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. I just, uh, you know, I just a video game is just another example of something where you would want to imitate a character, I guess, if you were really into the video game. Um, so let's see. Okay, so moving on from the concept of cosplay, we have the robbery gone wrong concept that people debate about. And what do you think about that one, Renee? Okay, so first off, if someone is going to break and enter and then rob a place, um, the things that would be taken from a church would, I mean, obviously there are big things that could be taken from a church, but obviously if you were going to take big things, you wouldn't do it by yourself. So this person was alone. So if they're going to take things, uh, let's see. I know a lot of people have mentioned the, the uh, ties uh, from, you know, from the service on Sunday. They've talked about that. Okay, so that would be something small, but you would still have to have something to put it in because that, you know, if there's a lot of people that go to this church, there's going to be a lot of bills and maybe even change, things like that. Maybe it's just a bunch of envelopes. I'm not sure. But still, you would have to have something to put it in. This person had nothing. They didn't have a bag. Yeah, good point. They didn't have a box. They didn't have anything to put items in to steal. Yeah. So, that's my first question is, if it's a robbery gone wrong, they had a lot of time. They had, I mean, 30 minutes is a lot of time because a lot of times when people are, are breaking in and taking things, they're taking them in, you know, minutes, seconds, whatever, yeah. you know, maybe five, maybe five minutes at the most. They're just going to grab a bunch of stuff and leave. And this person didn't grab anything at any point in time. <laughs> well, and you know, I was, I, wa I rewatched that HLN show the other day. And I know I plug that show a lot and I swear I have, we have no affiliation to HLN or this show, but it was just yeah, a really good synopsis. <laughs> yeah. It's just a really good synopsis and it's HLN and the series is called crime lies and video. And the one about the Missy Beavers case is the fourth episode. Well, I watched it again night before last and you know, Brandon Beavers, her husband made a, uh, made a good point. He said, you know, he didn't even take the ring off her finger. If the perpetrator yep. wanted to steal things of value, I mean, they could, the perp could have just slipped that right off her finger and her ring was still on. Yeah. Um, nothing I mean, of that, value was missing. Nothing. And so, and, and it amazes me with the police officers saying that over and over, nothing of value was taken. Why do people keep trying to put it? And I'm not saying that I know, because obviously I don't know for a fact, but I just don't see how anybody can entertain that when there was nothing taken. It just doesn't fit to me. And then we have people who have tried to argue that it looks like the perpetrator picked up a white object and that that counts as being taken, but we don't even know if that was anything of value, and we're not even 100% sure that the perpetrator found that there. That might have come out of his or her vest or whatever that they had on, so exactly. I'm not really convinced about picking up that white object having any meaning, because we don't even know what that is. Um, I mean, I think in my mind that it would be something that would be heavy that they could use to break something if something else they had didn't work. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, good point. 
Um, okay, so what was the other theory that makes it, oh, I guess someone who was, okay, the other theory that I've heard, and let me know if I'm leaving any, any theories out, but the other one is someone was angry with the church. We've heard different versions of this, but somebody, um, you know, was just upset with something that Creekside Church had done, a decision they made, um, who knows? And it affected this person in a way that made them want to break into the church and just kind of raise some cane and tear up the church. And they were angry. And then Missy came in and interrupted and they panicked and killed her. Here's the way I look at it is if you decide that you're so angry at the place, you want to get in there and vandalize it. I would think you would get in there and get started ASAP. You would start tearing stuff up. You wouldn't just sort of casually meander around for half an hour on camera, barely. I mean, the perpetrator's making these really like lame attempts at vandalism. I would think if you were really angry at the church, you'd go in there with a baseball bat and just start going to town and tearing things up, you know? Right. And, and then you'd want to get out of there real quick so you wouldn't be caught. Meandering around that way, the way the perpetrator's walking slowly for, I believe they said a full 28 minutes before Missy arrives, that, I mean, that's a half an hour. You can do a lot of damage and be in and out of there and gone way before half an hour is over. Yeah. And what about like graffiti? They could also do that. A lot of people like whenever they yeah. have something against somebody, they want that, that that group or the people or the congregation, whatever you want to call it, to know what they're mad about, even though, you know, they won't know who particularly, obviously they don't want to they obviously they don't want the people to know who it is, but they can still write messages to them with spray paint or whatever. And that wasn't even done. So yeah, that's a really good point. Um, uh, yeah, that's a great point. So, um, and also back to the robbery gone wrong, you know, you were talking about, they didn't have a bag and they didn't even take anything. Also like, why would you dress up in that gear? That's kind of hard to move in. I mean, most yeah. people would struggle. Do you remember in the HLN show? I had kind of forgotten about this. I'm glad I watched it again night before last because a couple of things popped out at me that I'd forgotten. Um, Dr. Nuremberg, the forensic podiatrist who worked on this case, he said that he put on the equipment. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he done. I missed that. Yeah, he, he put on the type of tactical gear. Obviously not the gear used in the murder that was never recovered, but that they had, he put on that gear to see how it would affect. And he said it made him move a little more slowly, a little, you know, more labored. So what, you know, why would you in a, you know, you call them like a crash and grab. Like if you're going to break in somewhere and try to steal stuff and get out without being, getting in trouble and getting caught, why would you put on gear that actually hinders the way you move because it's so heavy and constricting SWAT gear you know, is made to protect those people, the men and women who are on SWAT teams and they're breaking down doors and they're potentially getting in face to face with really bad people with weapons, you know, that gear is there to protect you. So why, right. would, you, why would you don that outfit? Now I understand it does make the cameras not able to identify you. That's good. But I think if I was like, okay, I've got to go in somewhere and grab some stuff and leave and there's cameras in there. So I have to conceal myself. I would probably put on a ski hat you know, a ski mask and maybe a black turtleneck, you know, and some black pants, you know, something just to try not to show up too much. 
and just run in and out. I mean, I can't imagine putting on that type of garb just to go in there and look for stuff to steal. And then of course they don't actually even steal anything. And also I had heard, I don't know if we heard this from someone official or if it was speculation, it's been so long, but I've heard several times people saying, well, there wasn't even money there anyway. They deposit it. They take it that night. They don't leave it in the church. And I don't know if that's See, I can, I can imagine that that's true because that would be like, you know, that would be like, um, when I was in, when I went to beauty school, um, it was, it was a really long day. And so you, you just had to take whatever kind of job you could get after it just to get it. So I worked at pizza hut and I know that, um, they would take the deposit several times a day for that specific reason. I, I don't think that they would just take the money and just like, Oh, we'll just wait till Monday. They probably take it right then either with them and deposit it on their way to work on Monday or right. they, you know, take right. it and deposit it then. I just can't imagine I'm leaving. Cause you know, yeah. we don't know how many thousands of dollars and, that is. And I think I've heard it right. And I think I've heard of churches actually taking them into drop boxes that day. Like yes. after service. that makes and, perfect sense. Yeah. Or, and even if they did leave it in the church until let's say Monday when the office people come in, I would assume it's in a safe that you can't get into, you know? Yeah. So this just the idea that the perpetrator was there to rob it, to rob the place. And that just has never worked for me. I've just tried so hard to make that make sense. And I just can't. Yeah, I can't either. I, like I said, I've tried to, you know, cause when, when people say, you know, different theories, you know, I'll, I'll listen and I'll be like, huh, you know, but every time it just comes right back to me and tells my, my mind just tells me that that's not, that's, that doesn't fit. Right. It doesn't mean we haven't even gotten into the uh, associating these with the murder. We haven't even made it that far. We've only made it as far as to actually what, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We right, haven't even made right. it as far as to even discuss it as fitting into the murder. So right, to me, right. that definitely kicks those out. Um, the other one that people mention a lot um, is a, just a random act. They, they were just, I mean, and I don't really know, I guess that would still fit in with a random act. They were angry with the church or a random act of just robbery gone wrong. I mean, I guess that would all fit into there, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know how to make those, any of those fit. And I, I, um, I don't mind entertaining anything because anything is possible. It just, it's, to me, it's hard to say that it was random because if, if, if a person was there, so if we get past the, part of any of these let's just say we just entertain it okay so it was definitely robbery they were there to rob the place and they were attempting to rob well they weren't attempting but they were walking around I guess at some point they were going to rob the place and for 30 minutes and then Missy comes in and then they're like oh my gosh um this woman just walked in well now the church is really big and they could run the other direction they have plenty yeah. of places they could go, but they run right towards her and they just start bludgeoning her to death and in a, in a very personal way, but it's not personal because they don't know her or nor they've never met her. They didn't even know she was going to show up. See, that doesn't yeah. fit. How do you get to that level of rage just because someone interrupted either your cosplay or you trying to vandalize and not doing a very good job of it? or trying yeah. to steal stuff, but not actually taking anything. Like how would any of those activities warrant you freaking, not that anything warrants it, but you know what I'm saying? If you're really right. not there to kill her, how do you go from zero to 60 like that? I would think that if somebody walked in and erupted you, you would hightail it out the back door and jump in your car and leave because all the information we have 
points to the fact that the perpetrator obviously pointed I mean, parked on the opposite side of the building because Missy didn't have any reason to think anything was off that morning. So that car, that small dark SUV that was seen leaving the scene of the crime must have been parked on the opposite side. So why wouldn't they just hightail it out the back when they heard someone come in and drive off? Why, why uh, expose yourself to a potential um, capital murder case when you don't have to? Yeah, and people that typically do these things, these, um, you know, cos cosplay, robbery, you know, robberies, um, vandalism, things like that, those aren't typically people that, you don't go from vandalizing something to instant bludgeoning murder. Those don't even, you know, I'm not yeah. saying that people that do those things don't eventually get there. I think they usually work their way up because they have to graduate, you know, to each different, um, you know, thing. Um, I know that there's several serial killers that I've read about that, you know, they started out, you know, um, doing this and then they started out doing that and, you know, like killing small animals and then, you know, they worked their way up. They didn't just go from yeah. stealing credit cards uh, or, you know, whatever to straight to murder. Right. So, and uh, I see, and, and all three of these are more like nuisance crimes, you know, that we, you know, right. it's easy to make, they're nuisance crimes, you know, like tearing up a little bit of a church or whatever. It's just hard to see how that could escalate to this brutal murder that seemed very personal. So, I mean, right. her murder doesn't make sense at all, no matter how you look at it, but it really, I've really struggled to make it make any kind of sense under these three scenarios that we discussed or four, I guess. So, and you know, just because her murder hasn't been solved and no one has been arrested. And at this time, it seems like a cold case um, or, they don't really have, you know, anybody, an, an, another suspect in mind or whatever. That doesn't mean that you instantly, in my mind, you don't instantly just take one of these and go, well, it has to be one of these then because it's never, it hasn't been solved. To me, the other possibilities are still possibilities. You know, people get away with murder all the time. I mean, they, they typically make a mistake. There's some mistake that has been made somewhere. Just somebody hasn't found it yet, you know? Uh, or someone hasn't spoken, somebody is afraid to talk, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of reasons why murders aren't solved, but it doesn't mean it's because it's just random. It's definitely got to be random because it hasn't been solved yet. That's just my thing. Yeah, yeah. We have seen those comments from people where they say, well, since it's been four years, it's leading us to believe that it must be someone that didn't have any ties to Missy and that this was random, but I don't see it that way. I think that MPD is having a very, law enforcement is having a very difficult time pinning this on someone um this someone's a bit elusive i think that's my kind of point of view although of course i don't know who killed missy but i just tend to lean that direction that they do know who did it they just can't seem to get the this is a capital murder case okay they can only do this once and they know that and once they make the arrest because i've had people say well why don't they just arrest the person and then start building the case once you make the arrest, the clock starts ticking, you know, I mean, right. um, they really need to have it together pretty well before the arrest. Um, not, you know, a hundred percent, of course, but they have to have something really good. So point being is I agree with you. I have a hard time making those scenarios work. I don't think that this was just a last minute decision because the person was surprised that she showed up. I think that perpetrator was in that church for the strict reason to wait for her to arrive. 
Yeah, I mean, these these petty crimes that people are, are referring to, I just don't see people going from petty crimes to murder like we were talking about. And I just, it just doesn't fit to me. So, but hey, we're, Renee and I will be the first to say we're always prepared to be wrong. And yep. if, this, if this case gets solved and it ends up being something random like this, that's great. I just want this person put away. Yeah, absolutely. We, and we will definitely talk about that because that will be something that will be, you know, uh, new, something that yeah. I've never heard of. Of course, there's plenty of things we haven't ever heard of. So we're, we're willing to, yeah. um, you know, I mean, we, we wanted to um, at least acknowledge them and, you know, theorize about them. And um, I, I don't know, that's just kind of the way my, way my, my brain works when I'm, thinking about those things and it just didn't fit to me. So no, I completely agree. Um, so, um, so yeah, so we've got those ideas of how the perpetrator wound up in that church in the middle of the night in the pouring rain, dressed up in tactical police gear. Um, and you know, if any of our listeners is really dedicated and devoted to the idea that that person was not there for Missy, please share your thoughts with us because we are very open-minded to it. I know we just got through saying we, neither one of us thinks that's the case, but our minds could be changed, you know, with the right information. We just haven't seen anything yet. Neither one of us. I think I can speak for you too, Renee. We haven't yeah. seen anything that has made us go, okay, yeah, I could see that. So, you know, and the thing is, is that, you know, to me, oh gosh. And I think we, you've talked about this before as well. Um, you know, if you, if, if we were closer and you said, Hey, let's go work out or whatever. And I'm going to be like, you know, it's pouring down rain. I don't want to fight getting to the car, fight getting out of the car, fight, run into the building, you know, go in there and you're soaking wet and then you got to try to dry off and then you got to work out and then you got to come out and fight it again. Like, I'm just going to tell you no. Or if, if somebody says, Hey, go to the grocery store and get, you know, a couple of pizzas or you know, Dr. Pepper, I'm going to be like, no, it's pouring down rain and it's going to be a hassle too. Even with an umbrella, yeah. you're still going to get right. soaking wet. Yeah, so you and I talked person, about that. On, we talked about that yeah. on the phone last night. I was like, I don't even want to go to Kroger when it's pouring yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. for them to fight the rain, number one, they wanted to be there. They, oh, yeah. I mean, they wanted to be there. And I don't see them wanting to be there to cosplay because they could have waited till the next day to do that. And it wouldn't have been raining, you know? You're right. There's like, absolutely <laughs> yeah, I'll just wait till tomorrow. There's absolutely no urgency to do Yeah, they, they got the forecast. It's not always right, but it does kind of give you a little bit of help, you know, to kind of like plan things better. Right. And then the robbery, I mean, the same thing. Like, are you going to really, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, that's just my thinking. Yeah, I, I, think, all, I, think, all the, I think all the evidence that we have so far points to that person was on a mission. And yeah. they were there to get Missy, unfortunately. They were there to get Missy. They knew she was there. They knew she was coming. Um, and, you know, and they waited. They were waiting. And and maybe their little meandering. I like I like that word. You you started saying that. And I, I copied you because I like it. So oh, they were it fits, meandering. They were meandering <laughs> around the church. And maybe part of that was because that outfit was heavy. But regardless they were still walking around like well let me just walk around these rooms and just look around you know I mean nobody wants to just stand there so I just walk around looking breaking in stuff maybe they were trying to make it look like it was broken into so that they would be like oh I'm here I got this you know I don't know yeah yeah very strange anyway, it's just a yeah. weird case we've said that over and over but it is just a bizarre case and 
we're just having a really hard time putting anyone in that church. And really, I think that's the key to this case. Law enforcement is going to have to figure out a way to put the perpetrator that did this in the church and be able to prove that they were there. That's going to be tough because they're covered you know, from head to toe. The last time the police talked about this case, which they didn't talk about it this year. We've talked about that. Um, but they did talk about it last year, and they said that they believe the only way, the way they are going to solve this case is by somebody talking, coming forward. And, you know, I know that it can be, I, and I say I know, I don't know, but I can imagine that it would be hard to come forward uh, to tell, you know, a, about a loved one that you think may have possibly done it, um, that somebody has been acting weird since it happened, um, that you know what I mean, or, or that you knew before it happened that they had an issue with Missy, but you know, this will drive you crazy, in my opinion, for the rest of your life. So as hard as it may be, I think it's going to be easier to come forward and at least get it off your chest and get it checked out, because if it's not them, then you'll feel better and everything will be fine. Uh, but if it is them, then you'll still feel better, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's up for debate. But you know what I'm saying? I think, yeah. it, I think it would you be know, better. You know, John Kelly, uh, the criminal profiler we were fortunate to have on our program, and um, Joseph Scott Morgan as well. Um, he's the death examiner and author we had on. You know, they both made the point that, you know, even if this ends up being like a serial killer type that killed Missy, even the worst psychopaths seem to care about their own families usually um, yes. like they don't want the embarrassment for their families um so you know this perpetrator has to know that when they get arrested it's going to be big news it's going to cause a big splash it's going to be a big fiasco and it really would be better for this perpetrator to turn themselves in because I'm saying themselves. I'm not because I think it's more than one, but because I think, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, um, right. to turn him or him or herself in, um, and just come clean. This is not going to be pretty when they get, when they get arrested, it's going to be a big mess. Their family is going to see. Um, yeah, and they, they have the ability right now to take it upon themselves to make it um, better for their families because it wouldn't, you know what I mean? They're not going to, because you know when something happens, there's going to be, you know, cameras, people are going to be taking pictures, videos. Oh, it's going to be, be on so the news. Bad. It'll yes. be on worldwide news played and over. And then people are going to be speculating about the person. They're going to be saying things about them and then probably things about the family. But if they turn themselves in, I think that it would, it would help so much to take a lot of that um, tension away. Not, yeah, not it, would, it, it would it would quiet that stuff down. And also, um, you know, there might be a better option for a plea deal of some kind if you can turn yourself in perpetrators. That's true. Um, you know, you might have a better chance of maybe getting the death penalty off of the table if you turn yourself in. You might be able to work with the prosecutors. I don't know, but right. I think there's a much better chance than if you make them chase you down. Yep, that's true. And I think at some point, um, you know, because I, I think that people would, I mean, I think I would notice a difference in somebody. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty intuitive. And sometimes it takes me a while to pinpoint it, you know, when something like maybe one of my kids is, you know, acting different for a minute. 
and I'm trying to figure out why. And then it finally dawns on me, oh, okay, so they're upset about X, Y, Z or whatever. You know, you can usually pinpoint when people are acting different. And so yeah. something for this magnitude, they're probably acting or probably, you know, have at times acted really different than they have in the past. And I you hope might, so. I do too. I really do. I hope that it just, and that, like I said, I can imagine that it's super hard, but they do have uh, ways of calling in tips or whatever anonymously. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's something that hasn't always been an option. Mm -hmm. I think you can text it. I think you can message it. I think, you know, Facebook, I mean, there's so many options. And you can also call Crime Stoppers if you're just completely weirded out about calling the police station for some reason. And they right. will keep, they keep it anonymous as well. So yeah, and it's not you know, and I, I think that there are past the police department's past wanting people to call and say you know oh I think it's my um, neighbor that lives three doors down I saw him walking to take out the trash the other day and he walks you know kind of the same as the person I know they're not wanting that anymore um, I mean unless you can say you know I definitely saw him leave um, you know in a silver Nissan Altima or a brown SUV or blue dark blue SUV whatever I'm just yeah. Talking. They really don't. You're right. You're so right. They don't want us to speculate. Yeah. Unless you've got specific information that you've seen them leaving and coming home, you know, before the murder and after the murder, then that they're not wanting that. They want, you know, real they're information. Wanting, they're wanting more than your opinion, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I remember Kevin Johnson saying they were getting a lot of opinions and that was pretty distracting and exhausting and took up their resources when they needed to be getting facts. They needed some kind of, evidence you know they don't right. want to know that you think that yeah like you think you saw someone walking like the perpetrator it's like okay well a lot of people have funny limpy kind of walks that's not helpful we need to know if you can have a reason to think that that person was the one beyond yeah, exactly. the yeah yeah There's do you even more. know where they were that day <laughs> yeah you know? right yeah i mean that's i get it people are trying to help you know they really want to they really want to help because they really truly want to see the perpetrator caught just like we do. But I mean, you know, there's been plenty of people thrown under the bus that didn't even, wouldn't have even, the, the police wouldn't have even dreamed of dragging them through the mud like that had someone not called and said, Oh, I think it's so-and-so. Blah, 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 yeah. you know? <laughs> so there was plenty of that. Oh yeah. Lots. So, um, did we have anything else we were going to cover on this episode? I'm trying to remember. I think we hit it all, didn't we? I, I had something I was going to read to you earlier, but we're not talking about the foot fetish anymore. But it no, was, go ahead. No, no, go I, ahead. I totally missed it. I'm sorry I forgot. It's to okay, do it go for the, it. But it, it, I just found it interesting. You know, you know me, I got to research and look for stuff. And I found this interesting story and I thought it would be entertaining to listen to. But so there was a, a police officer, wait, yeah, a police officer who, it, the title of the article says, charges against Texas cop blamed on his foot fetish. Oh. It's, it's not a lot, long article, so I'm just going to kind of read through it a little bit because it's very interesting and funny. So give a Houston police officer a foot, and well, apparently he'll take the other foot too. <laughs> A school district cop who supposedly has a foot fetish that came to light in his dealings with a female motorist is charged with official op oppression for how he treated the woman. The Harris County District Attorney's Office said 26-year-old Patrick Quinn stopped the driver in August and said he found marijuana paraphernalia. 
Authorities say Quinn told the suspect he has a foot fetish and that he would release her if she let him smell her feet. According to CBS affiliate KHOU, prosecutors say the officer had pulled over the young woman as she was leaving a friend's place at the same apartment complex where Quinn lives. Quinn allegedly made the stop because of an expired sticker on her car and made her get in the back of his patrol car. The DA's office said because he's a school office police officer, Quinn shouldn't be making any traffic stops, especially at 3 a.m. Investigators say after Quinn searched the woman's car, he told her he wouldn't take her to jail if she showed him her feet or gave him her underwear. Seconds later, they say the officer abruptly told the woman, just forget about it. The next day, according to KHOU, the victims contacted authorities who reportedly took her back to the area where she was pulled over and found her insurance card on the ground. They say the fingerprints on it were traced back to Quinn. Authorities say the, they believe Officer Quinn made a, may have made similar interactions with others. In a statement from the Cypress Fairbanks Independent School District where Quinn was assigned, officials said they are appalled by the nature of the allegations against him and immediately placed him on administrative leave. Quinn is charged with two counts of official oppression. KHOU reports the district attorney's office is asking any other victims to come forward. Meanwhile, Quinn is free on $2,000 bond, $1,000 per foot. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh, that's so weird. I just had to read, I meant to read it earlier and I totally forgot. And I, I, I read it because I, well, for one, I, I thought it was interesting because about the smelling, smelling of the feet and then the, the, the funny little things that they added in there, the $1,000, $2,000 bond, $1,000 per foot. And then the, um, the beginning title of the whole article, which was charges against Texas cop Wayne for his foot fetish. I just, anyway, I just, that's so uh, crazy. Well, and it also goes to show you that there are just like there's weird other people in other lines of work. There's weird cops out there, you know? Yep. I mean, and, you know, you can tell he was probably, you know, in the beginning stages of, of, of being a police officer. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I'm just sounds like it with he being just a school district police officer, but yeah, it was very weird. And he was 26. So he probably had. Oh yeah. He was young. That's just bizarre. I know. I just, I read that and I thought, oh, I want to read that. And I totally forgot about it, but, um, yeah. And then I'm there glad little, you remembered before we went off the air. Yeah. I just thought that was, that was interesting, but, um, yeah. So, um, we, I mean, I enjoyed doing something a little different and then of course doing some, uh, going through some theories that were different. You know, I, I, I enjoyed that. It kind of gives us something to, um, different yeah. perspective, but, yeah, that was the first time that we actually kind of walked through that really thoughtfully. We usually just kind of, you know, dismiss it fairly quickly. So I'm glad we at least gave those theories a chance, you know? Yeah. Yeah, me too. It was, it was definitely different. And I, I mean, I respect everybody's um, different opinions on things. And, and like, a, like we've said a thousand times, we don't pretend to be right about anything because we definitely don't know any more than you do we're just doing it from our knowledge and what we think so it's just our opinions yeah and if the police don't know if the fbi and all everybody working on this case can't do it in four years we're not going to do it and probably either so um we're aware yeah. of that but we definitely are very interested in this case and the more time goes on the more resolute you know it's almost like we're more resolved to see it um solved for poor missy and her family um, was there anything Absolutely. else we wanted to do on the podcast tonight? 
I think that's all. And uh, just remind everybody about our social media and that's about it yeah please communicate with us if you have anything to say and um oh and i also wanted to mention we were very fortunate to be invited to be guests on conversations of the strange and so um did i say that right renee you did i'm getting tired and i'm afraid that i was messing it up um and i'm gonna look it up real quick um let's see here and so uh, it's a really nice guy named Don Smith that is the host of that show. And oh, yeah, he does a great job. Yeah, I loved him. And he has um, all of his episodes. I've listened to several of his other episodes, not just ours. Ours just came out today. Um, but they're all good. He's really good with people, good at interviewing. And he is. Um, it's called Conversations of the Strange. And you can look him up at Conversations of the Strange. On blogspot.com and um, I did promote we did promote that on our social media if you want to refer back to it and he can be found just like we are like on Apple podcast on um, pretty I think all the platforms that we're on so yeah he's on Facebook and Twitter and I don't know is he on Instagram yeah he is he is he's following us and we're following him and okay. so, yeah, go check him out. It's called Conversations of the Strange, and we are on his latest episode talking about the Missy Beavers case, of course. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I hope we get to do some more of those because that was really neat um, being a guest on somebody else's show and kind of explaining to them, you know, about the murder because they weren't familiar, you know, too familiar with it. Um, and then seeing how somebody else does their podcast, it's kind of a you know a win-win because they kind of learn about us and we learn about them, and then maybe learn. You know what I mean? Kind of everything yeah. in the Yeah, and it gave us a, a new place to talk about Missy's case and hopefully raise awareness with his audience members um, to follow her case. Right. Absolutely. And 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 speaking of the uh, nice message that we received from one of our listeners, if y'all, if anybody wants to uh, send us a message like that, um, and, and what I mean by that is like you you want to talk about something that we are talking about on our podcast, you can do it that way too. You can send us a message and we can, you know, just listen to your message and yeah. And, uh, reply and also to it too. doesn't have to be through anchor. I know a lot of times Renee, you and I in the past, we have hit the little microphone button on messenger and call and told each other things. Yeah, that's true. That's another cool way you can do it. So yeah, we're here. We're available to you and um, we want to do episodes on things that you're interested in. So please let us know if there's anything you want us to cover and we will do the research. If it's something we're not, really familiar with we'll fig- we'll try to figure it out and bring it to you here on one of our episodes absolutely well thank you very much for tuning in to true crime broads we really appreciate it and we look forward to talking to you again soon have a good, good night have a good day bye <laughs>